You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Sure seems like a trade war is brewing. Last week, the Trump White House announced plans for a 25% tariff increase on $50 billion in Chinese imports. China responded in kind, saying it would levy the same tax on American exports. Now, just last night, the White House announced it will tax $200 billion in Chinese imports if China goes forward with its retaliatory tariffs. Is there any way to dial back this rhetoric and action, or are we already in the throes of a trade war with our biggest economic rival on the planet? This is where we want to continue the show, uh, talking about trade, trade and the Trump administration, trade and countries like China, uh, trade and Mexico and Canada. Think of the things that the president said about our closest trading partners when he was at the G7 summit just a few weeks ago. Joining us now to talk more about what to make of all of this is Dean Baker. He's an economist and co-director for the Center for Economic and Policy Research. Dean, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks a lot for having me on. Yeah. So uh, catch us up. Where are we right now uh, with the status of this trade dispute? Is this a burgeoning trade war, something that we now can't walk away from or roll back? Or is this just a little bit of bluffing on the part of President Trump, something he's done in many other arenas and something that he did in business all the time. How worried should we be about what's going on? Well, I think we should be fairly worried. I'm saying this as someone who's actually was sympathetic to a lot of the complaints that uh, Trump made during his campaign against some of our trading partners, most importantly China. He had gone around the country complaining that China, he'd use the term currency manipulator, I prefer management, but in any case, they deliberately kept down their currency so that they would run large trade surpluses with countries, including the United States. Um, so he raised that as an issue, and, uh, you know, again, some issues with other countries as well. And there are real grounds for complaint, and the fact that we have a large trade deficit has hurt a lot of people in the country, and certainly in Michigan. I, I went to grad school in Michigan. I know mm -hmm. a fair bit about its economy. Um, Michigan really suffered in the last decade in large part because of our trade policies. So he had a lot of grounds for complaint. But then as soon as he gets in the White House, we don't hear about currency. I, I recall he met with President Xi from China back last April, and he, after a meeting, someone asked him, well, did you discuss currency with, with President Xi? And he said, well, why would I do that? We're good friends, you know, and, and he's going to help us with North Korea. So as this goes forward, we're not hearing sort of a coherent policy. He's not said a word about currency values. And instead, we're sort of this vague complaint against China that they have a large trade surplus with us, which is true. But a trade surplus isn't a policy. So he's making demands on them that are rather amorphous. You know, I guess this is the way he conducted his businesses. I don't really know. I mean, I wasn't party to it. But it doesn't seem like a good way to conduct policy. And it does seem like it's getting China very angry because, again, he's not making specific demands, at least not that we could see. Mm -hmm. And they're not gonna, they don't have to take that from us. So, so let's say this unfolds or continues to unfold the way that it has, uh, and there are big tariffs being placed on uh, Chinese imports to this country, and China retaliates with big tariffs on U.S. exports. What would the effect of that be on our economy, and how would people know to identify that effect? Well, the most immediate effect of our tariffs, of course, we will pay more for lots of goods and services. And one of the points that I and many other economists made, the original round of tariffs was on steel and aluminum, and that could help 
build up our steel and aluminum industry, create some jobs there, but these are intermediate goods. So if everyone in the United States is paying more for steel and aluminum, all the downstream industries, uh, say the car industry, uh, you know, other downstream industries that use steel and aluminum, they're at a competitive disadvantage. So that wasn't clear that that was a good policy if the goal was to create more jobs in the United States. Now, I haven't seen the full list where he's talking about another $200 billion in, in tariffs, but basic point is the tariff will have us pay more for various goods. So mm-hmm. we'll see somewhat higher consumer prices, um, perhaps some increase in employment and manufacturing. I'm, I'm a little skeptical for a couple reasons. One is we could import from other countries. The other is that companies are going to be a little slow. I mean, where they have the capacity, of course, they will try to, to, to meet demand, you know, so they will increase production there. But I don't know that we're going to have many companies that will build new plant, new factories, because, you know, at least for time being, that China's, uh, there's this high tariff on China's uh, exports to the U.S. Mm-hmm. The retaliation, it, it's hard to know. I mean, Trump seems to think he has a real, uh, I was going to use the Trump card, I, I don't want to use that phrase, but <laughs> naked, that we have a big advantage over China, that they have fewer goods. Their imports, obviously, are much less from us than mm-hmm. what we import from them, mm-hmm. so they can't place that many tariffs. But the flip side of that is there's other things they could do, and most importantly, in my mind, and not necessarily a bad thing, they don't have to honor U.S. patents and copyrights. Right. Um, and that would be a big hit, not to, to probably me and you, but uh, Microsoft will be very unhappy. Pfizer will be very unhappy. Um, so there is a lot they could do if we sort of go all out into a hostile confrontation with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Dean Baker. He's an economist and co-director at the Center for Economic and Policy Research. We're talking about the very hostile talk between the United States and China about trade. President Trump threatening tariffs on Chinese imports, uh, the Chinese government retaliating, threatening to retaliate at least, saying that they will impose tariffs on U.S. exports to that country. Is this the right way to deal with the trade deficit that we have with a country like China? That's something that Donald Trump has talked about from the very moment he got into the presidential race, the idea that other countries take advantage of the United States when we trade with them. Is this the way to fix that, or is this just a way to start a war that will cost American consumers and businesses a lot more money and won't necessarily have the effect of uh, narrowing that trade deficit. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us what you make of the things that the president is saying about our trade deficit and the things that he says he wants to do about it. Were those things that you uh, were warming to during the presidential campaign and now are glad to see him unfolding? Or are you worried about the effect of those things on our economy? As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Ed in Detroit. Ed, welcome to Detroit Today. Good day. Hey, how are uh, you? I, the, point, the comment I wanted to make um, is that many of the complaints that the United States has against China, uh, some of them your guest has alluded to, mm-hmm. uh, theft of intellectual property, currency manipulation, and the like, are shared by the other G7 and European Union countries and the Australians and New Zealanders. Uh, we missed a mark at the G7 meeting. There was an opportunity there to create a coalition 
uh, of like-minded countries to challenge China on a number of these uh, issues, outstanding issues. Instead, we levied tariffs against our G7 partners in the European Union, uh, and CNBC had a report this morning that the Chinese are now talking to the Europeans and others, trying to organize a coalition of countries to challenge the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, in the international trading uh, uh, tribunals. Hmm. And I think that uh, while the president may think he's made a brilliant move, at the end of the day, we may learn that uh, he's white or friends and uh, be and I think we're losing you there on your signal, but uh, but I, I, we got a, uh, plenty of w- what you're trying to say there. Uh, did we miss an opportunity, Dean Baker, at uh, the G7 to uh, corral other, uh, I guess, allies, right, uh, who, who have similar complaints and actually do something constructive about trade deficits and uh, manipulation of currency and piracy uh, with a country like China? Yeah, I think the point's very well taken. So uh, this is one of the ironies. You know, the United States has been at the center of building up sort of the, the World Trade Organization, other institutions of the trade, world trading system over the last really seven decades since the end of World War II. And that structure, I'd argue, has been on the whole good. I mean, uh, there's a lot of things I've complained about, and you know, there's a lot of things I'd like to be changed, but just seeing it blow up doesn't sound very useful. And in this case... Again, many of the practices that we've complained about with China, we would share the complaints with the other G7 countries, um, certainly currency front and center. Um, intellectual property, that I think varies by country. I think there's issues there. But in any case, these have historically been close allies, and rather than trying to work together with our allies, Trump, uh, you know, he... he looks, you know, again, this is, I'm not there, but it certainly looks like he gratuitously offended them. And that just doesn't seem like a good way to go. And of course, he's putting tariffs on them as well. So it's, there there was a very different path that might well have been productive that he, he's pretty much made impossible at this point. I mean, nothing's totally irreversible, but Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's a lot of ground to make up. Uh, again, thanks very much for the call and, and the comments. Uh, let's go to Bob. Bob in Clinton Township. Welcome to Detroit today. Hey, I'm uh, I, I, I'm 100 percent behind uh, what Donald Trump's doing, uh, and the reason he's doing that is because we have been getting beat up on trade. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the deficit is what 50, 60 billion a, a month. Uh, he cut the corporate tax, and now it's time for the for the corporations to come back to America. So. Middle America and lower lower class Americans can get a decent job. Otherwise, we're gonna it's just gonna get worse and worse. Uh, a lot of people looking. There's a lot of people looking for jobs for twelve, fifteen dollars an hour. They're not there right now, mm-hmm. and uh, that needs to change. Otherwise, half the country's gonna be on welfare. Mm-hmm. So, so Bob, uh, I, I wonder if you worry though about the the methodology here, right? Uh, the idea that tariffs on Chinese imports will achieve the things that you just were talking about uh, that we need here in, in America. What, what's the connection you see between those two things? Prices probably will go up, but if, if it costs $50 to make a pair of tennis shoes and it costs $10 to make a pair of tennis shoes in China, put $40 of tariff on it so it's $50 each way, make that shoe here. I mean, you know, there's 
and you would we've we've lost jobs in this Mm -hmm. country for Mm -hmm. the last three or four decades because of uh well nafta was the beginning i mean uh when Ross Perot said a giant sucking sound will happen if jobs leave in the country, mm-hmm. we're still hearing that. And it ain't going to stop until we do. At least Donald Trump's trying something because the last three or four presidents have done absolutely nothing. Mm. And this is helping. This is going to help the middle and lower class. Yeah. They need jobs. I mean, they, they. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that don't want handouts. They want a job, but they can't find a job. Yeah. Bob, I, you know, I, I really appreciate the call uh, and the comments. Uh, Dean Baker, I'll give you a chance to respond. Is is he right that we've just been uh, so beaten up by these trade deficits that it's just time to take it in hand, make it more expensive uh, for, for people to buy things that are made overseas? Well, I, again, I'm sympathetic to the job loss. I was yelling about this at the time. I think we had really bad policies, you know, in the, in the last two decades on trade, you know, really beginning with Clinton. It's a bipartisan story, Clinton and Bush. We lost millions of manufacturing jobs because of trade. But that's history. I mean, I don't mean to be, you know, treated glibly, but, I mean, we can't reverse that. Mm-hmm. So the question is, okay, where are we today? What can we do? And if Donald Trump had a plan that I could see any coherence to, I, I, I'd take it seriously and probably support it. But this does not seem to be a well-thought-out plan. So the prior call, I think it was Mike, who was talking about working with the G7, I think that could well have been productive in working out arrangements that would have led to a lower trade deficit. For what it's, for what it's worth, the trade deficit's actually been up the first year of the mm-hmm. Trump administration. I mean, mm-hmm. Again, not necessarily his fault, but it's going the wrong way. So I'm asking seriously, how do we think this is going to end up with us having a lower trade deficit? I I, I don't see that. Um, I should also point out, you know, when we make this a U.S. versus China thing, it really isn't. It's a question of U.S. corporations. Most of the goods that we're importing from China, I shouldn't say most, a very large share, are brought in by our our U.S. corporations that are contracting out or in some cases actually producing the stuff themselves in China. And, of course, you have companies like Walmart that have set up low-cost supply chains in China. They weren't losers here. American workers were losers, but corporate America benefited big time. So it wasn't a case of China beating up on the U.S. It was U.S. corporations aligned with China taking advantage of low-cost labor. And, of course, that's available in other countries, Vietnam, Thailand. Again, an issue you have to look at here. If we make it more expensive to bring in tennis shoes from China, well, they'll probably bring them in from Thailand or Vietnam. It doesn't mm-hmm. help workers here. Mm-hmm. Bob, uh, again, thanks very much for listening and for calling in with uh, with those with those uh, comments. Uh, let's go to Anthony in Belleville. Anthony, welcome to Detroit today. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. <clears throat> See, I, I need to know how Bob rectifies his support for Donald Trump with the fact that this is a man that did business with China for years, still does business, and made millions of dollars. And hmm. now he wants to talk about America first and mm-hmm. how we're losing jobs in China. We're losing jobs in China because of wages, period. Corporate cheap labor, that's supposed to, in turn, turn into reasonably priced goods for Americans, and that has never happened. So, you know, when I hear people say, well, I support the president, how do you support him and rectify his past and his present? Yeah, that's a great question, Anthony. Uh, thanks very much for calling and asking. I mean, uh, Dean Baker, uh, this idea that uh, Donald Trump may have been part of the problem as a business owner, I guess, is one of the things we ought to consider when we think about uh, the policy he's unfolding and maybe why uh, 
uh, why? Yeah, well, let me say it. a couple things on that. One, you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and saying, look, he's a business owner. He's going to run that for profit. So if that means getting cheap stuff from China, that's what sure. he's going to do. I, I sort of take it for granted. Businesses are going to try and make a profit. And if that's bad for U.S. workers, that's what they're going to do. That doesn't make me happy. But I'm just saying that, you know, that that's what businesses are there for. They're to make money. The other side of that, though, is he's still a businessman, and this is something that you know I don't think has gotten nearly as much attention as it deserves. There he is running his business, his family, his daughter is getting these trademarks from China. Mm-hmm. At the same time, he's doing business with them, uh, you, know, you know, doing the country's business, I'm sure. sorry, negotiating with them. And, you know, it's hard not to be concerned that there's a conflict there. There's, there's this incident that got some attention the company ZTE, a big Chinese technology company, that was sanctioned by the United States because they were doing business with North Korea and Iran in direct violation of not just U.S. sanctions, but internationally imposed sanctions. So we sanctioned them. That was a huge blow to the company. He meets with uh, uh, people from China, and he said, okay, we're going to remove those sanctions. And guess what? They just give some very valuable trademarks to Ivanka Trump, his daughter. Mm-hmm. So were those related? I have no way of knowing, but you know, past <laughs> presidents have divested their money so that we don't have to ask questions like that. Right, right. And this president continues to refuse to do that. Okay, Dean Baker, economist and co-director of the Center for Economic and Policy Research. Thanks very much for joining us here on Detroit Today. Thanks for having me on. Up next, we're going to talk with an auto supplier who says her company could very well go out of business with tariffs like the ones that are being discussed. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. John on the east side, Marsha in Pleasant Ridge, Watts in Clinton Township. We're going to continue the conversation about trade and tariffs next. Stay with us on Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My next guest has become a vocal and articulate critic of the trade policies being thrust on American manufacturers by the Trump administration. Mary Buckzeiger says she believes President Trump wants the right thing to eliminate the trade deficit with China and other nations. But her auto supply company could very well go under with a 25% tariff increase on imported Goods. Mary Buckseiger is the president and CEO of Lucerne International, a global automotive supplier headquartered in Auburn Hills. Mary, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. So uh, tell us about Lucerne International and uh, what you do for the auto companies. So Lucerne is a global supplier of forged, cast, and stamped components and assemblies. We do a lot of uh, body structural parts, chassis, powertrain. And we supply um, to FCA, General Motors, Ford, Toyota, and Nissan. And you employ uh, people here, I would imagine, in Southeast Michigan, and and maybe in some other folk and other other places as well. Yeah, we've got offices in uh, uh, here locally in Auburn Hills, Michigan. That's where our global headquarters are. We've mm-hmm. also got uh, facilities in Taiwan, China, and we're opening up a new plant in uh, Europe as well. Mm-hmm. So you've said in uh, some previous interviews that this 25% tariff uh, would destroy your business. Does this tax that's supposed to go in effect uh, talk about why that would uh, have that impact on your business? Yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, it's not just an impact on my business. It's an impact on several. But the particular tariff that um, I've been so vocal about was the 301 tariff. And we actually went to Washington on May 15th, and uh, our voices were heard 
So luckily, our specific HTS code that would devastate my company was actually removed from this last round Mm -hmm. on on the 301 list, thankfully. Um, however, that being said, um, there are several other HTS codes put on it and that are all, you know, very, have a very big impact on the automotive industry. So at this point in time, you know, we're so worried, we're so worried what's going to happen. Um, but more so just to the industry as, as a whole and not even just the industry, really the, the American economy, what's going to happen with these tariffs. Mm-hmm. So so you have said in the past that you're supportive of what President Trump is trying to do, level the, train, the trade playing field with China and some of these other nations where we have trade deficits. Uh, do you feel like this is just uh, a poor execution of, uh, of that policy or have you changed your mind about the, the president? No, I, I mean, there's absolutely things need to be done. Um, with our trade policies, with the trade deficits, the way that intellectual property is being handled in China. Um, but right now, yeah, I, I don't agree with the execution. I, I definitely think that, you know, there's good intentions behind things and, and we do need something to happen. But right now there's such a disruption with industry in general in the U.S. We can't make long-term plans. I don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, I'm a global operation. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to happen with trade policy. I don't know what's going to happen with tariffs. I don't know where to put my next manufacturing location. I've got contracts on the line that I've already, you know, that are already set in stone where we're going to be manufacturing them. And now it's all up in the air because of the tariffs and the potential additional tariffs. Yeah, but but uh, I'm curious about what you saw, I guess, in Donald Trump as a candidate, perhaps, that, that suggested this wouldn't happen. I mean, this was somebody who's uh, been erratic most of his life. Uh, this is somebody who said all kinds of erratic things during the campaign. Uh, did it surprise you, I guess, when, when he got into office and did exactly the kinds of things that he said? Well, you would hope that him being a businessman and understanding the way that, you know, the inner workings of a business, the way it functions, um, you know, I I would hope that he would understand the damage that these kind of things would do. Um, Was I surprised? Yeah, I mean, I I think everybody's surprised about the execution um, and and, and the way that things are being handled to the detriment, really, of the American consumer. Hmm. Because at the end of the day, these tariffs, aren't a tariff on, um, they're not a tariff on other countries. They're not, you know, the Chinese tariffs aren't a, aren't a tariff on China. And the steel it's and all American tariff, consumers and businesses, right? yeah. That's it. They're on American consumers at the end of the day. Um, so that, that's the disheartening thing that's happening right now. I definitely, you know, things need to be addressed, but the execution portion really just not so happy with it. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, 313-577-1019 is always the number on the phones. My guest is Mary Buckseiger. She's president and CEO of Lucerne International, a global automotive supplier that's headquartered right here in Auburn Hills, Michigan. Let's go to John on the east side. John, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. So I'm, I'm just going to go way out on a tangent here. It would be great if we were actually concerned about the real reasons why there's this big uh, margin of difference between our products and products that are created overseas, and that's a humanitarian one. That's called slave labor and just trashing the environment like we did 100 years ago. Hmm. Uh, you know, I'd point to your show on 
Friday where the uh, the Wolverine and the uh, Hush Puppy Factory on the on the west side of the state just polluted the hell out of the land, and mm-hmm. it's like. Who pays for that? Well, the consumer does. Who pays for everything? The consumer does. Well, why don't we take care of everybody across the planet, not pollute Europe and and Asia the way we did here, and pay people decent wages all across the planet? John, I think that's a great idea, and I totally identify with what you're saying there. I think the question is, how do we do that? How do we get these other countries to behave in a way that's that's different from what they're doing now, but also, as you point out, is a little different than the way that we've done things here in the United States. And that's kind of the trouble with uh, with what uh, some of what the president is talking about, I think, because it, uh, it, it exacerbates those problems rather than dealing with them. Uh, but I do appreciate the call and the comments. Let's go to Marsha in Pleasant Ridge. Marsha, welcome to Detroit today. Hi, thanks Hi. for taking my call. Sure. Um, I was I was calling. I had a question for Dean Baker as oh. to um, I understand that we've we've been talking about goods today, mm-hmm. and I wondered about services. But I understand we have a trade surplus in services, and is that true? And if so, how does that fit in this whole picture? Hmm. You know, I don't know the answer to that. And Dean Baker might marry Bucksiger. Maybe you know you can speak a little to the difference in the services and goods when we talk about trade deficits. Yeah, you know what? It's it's kind of funny because you talk about trade deficit, and that's all we hear is we have a trade deficit with one country, and mm-hmm. we have a trade deficit with this country. But you kind of have to think of it as a as a triangle, right? In all the different goods and services that we provide, right, the U.S. is good at providing certain goods and services. So we may ship, you know, fifty billion dollars worth of goods to. This is all hypothetical. We mm-hmm. might ship fifty billion dollars worth of goods to Mexico. And Mexico is good at what they produce, so they ship $50 billion to Canada, and Canada is good at what they do, so they ship $50 billion to us. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a triangle, right? Even though we might have that trade deficit with um, Canada because they ship more, but we ship the same thing to Mexico. Right. So I think a lot of people get caught up on these trade deficits when it comes just for specific countries. Well, we ship 50 to them, they should ship, you know, they should ship 50 to us, when that's really not the case. Because you have to look at the entire world as a holistic picture right. of where we stand in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Okay. Mary Bugsiger, president and CEO of Lucerne International, a global automotive supplier headquartered in Auburn Hills. Thanks very much for joining us on Detroit Thanks today. so much for having me, Steve. Mm-hmm. That's going to do it for us today. Detroit Today is produced by Laura Weber Davis and Jake Neer. Program director is Joan Isabella. Technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan. And the associate producer is Gus Navarro. The Detroit Today theme song was composed by WDET's Sam Bobian. Also, remember, uh, we are now in the middle of the Detroit Today book club uh, that uh, we kicked off yesterday at Source Booksellers in Midtown Detroit. Uh, We will be unveiling the other events, the live events that you will be able to go to. Uh, over the summer, where we'll also have live interviews here on the program and a digital platform for people to interact on uh, during the discussion that we're going to lead about housing insecurity here in Southeast Michigan. Stay tuned to WDET.org and Facebook for updates. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, the community service of Wayne State University. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will too. We'll see you then.